If there's one thing we know about Hampton Roads, it's that we're an amazing area with a lot of different cities and counties. But if I'm keeping it real, we've got a bit of an identity crisis. Are we Coastal Virginia? Are we 757? Tidewater? Or is it our favorite Hampton Roads? Either way, we are very connected by way of bridges and tunnels. But how well are we actually connecting on a community level? How often are we sharing our success stories and shining a light on our communities? When was the last time you met someone and really connected to what they're doing? It's okay if your answer is, I can't remember. That's why we're here. I'm Stephen Abbott. And I'm Kara Mims. We're both realtors with Abbott Realty who love to serve our community. We're here to keep it real and share all things 757. From real estate to community and everything in between. Let's get connected, Hampton Roads. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining the podcast today. We are honored and lucky to have with us Paula Baysmore. Paula is the Hampton Roads Program Manager for the Virginia Center for Inclusive Communities. She has an extensive background in nonprofit and human service and has been with the Center for Inclusive Communities for four years. Simply put, as she says, this work is in her blood comes from a family history of tons of work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. Welcome, Paula. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Thank you for being here. All right. So we always start off by asking folks a little bit about home and where it is. So um, where's home originally for you? I'm originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. So kind of around the corner a little bit. (laughs) Our neighbor in North Carolina. Yes. (laughs) Good. And what brought you to Hampton Roads, Paula? I took a long journey from North Carolina to New Jersey to New York to Virginia to go to Hampton University. All right. Go Pirates. That's right. Okay. Part of the purpose of our podcast, Paula, is that we like to show why Hampton Roads is so wonderful. We like to get the message out about our great community. Um, So for you personally... Tell us a little bit about a favorite, you know, hidden treasure, a local hotspot that you just love. I think that my um, local favorite hotspot is something or or, a place that is hiding in plain sight, and it is massive, and that's Buckrow Beach. Buckrow Beach. Good one. This is a second time for Buckrow Beach, so (laughs) for our listeners, you need to get out to Buckrow before it's too cold out. Exactly. Yeah, and they've just done some great work um, mm-hmm. at, at Buckrow, um, lots of new bright features out there, some new benches, and they've redone the boardwalk, and so, yeah. So what is it about Buckrow for you? Um, believe it or not, it's not putting my feet in the sand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of just the sound of the ocean, um, the sound of the birds, the, the atmosphere. It smells different out there. Um, so it's just a sensory kind of thing for me. I love that. Yeah, it's it, it's a um, calming experience. Exactly. And it's just totally different than what we get in the middle of the big cities. <laughs> Good. I relate. I love it there too. Paula, I know you prepared for this one, so I can't wait to hear. <laughs> but I'm going to ask anyway, as if you hadn't prepared for this. Uh, so on the fly, what is your favorite quote? Okay, so I am a um, practitioner of Nishram Buddhism. And so... Um, we have um, a book called for day and for today and tomorrow daily encouragement and out of 365 um, you know daily encouragements that are in this book the one that stands out to me is when your determination changes everything else will begin to move in the direction you desire 
The moment you resolve to be victorious, every nerve and fiber in your being will immediately orientate itself toward your success. On the other hand, if you think this is never going to work out, then at that instant, every cell in your being will be deflated and give up the fight, and then everything really will move in the direction of failure. Wow. Powerful. That is powerful. Yes. So it's kind of like we have the power. We have the ability. Um, I always have a pair of red shoes because it reminds me of of Dorothy. You know, she always had the power. The power is in the shoes. And throughout everything that she went through, she just didn't know that she had the power until with the fairy, um, the wicked, the the fairy, good prince, the good, good witch. witch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Glenda. Yeah. Trying yes. to think Thank through. you, Glenda. I know, right? Um, until Glenda told her, you know, that yeah. you, you have the power, you know, so we all have the power within us. It's just getting us to recognize that we all have that power. We need that and, reminder. And yes. And having people around us to mm-hmm. see in us what maybe we don't see in ourselves and mm-hmm. encourage us forward. We've also talked about that on this podcast. The yeah. power of one is yes. what a previous guest referenced, and it's true. It is, absolutely. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing. Mm-hmm. On a lighter note, <laughs> tell me something that makes you laugh. Babies. Every time. Every babies time. laughing. Babies, babies laughing. Okay. I love Aww. to hear babies laugh. It's contagious. It is. It's the it sweetest. Is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that does it for me all the time. Every time. Okay. And it sounds like the quote you shared is really what something that inspires you. But is there something else that inspires you on a daily basis, keeps you going, keeps you engaged in your work? Hmm. I hadn't really thought about it on that deep of a level. Um, I think when we do workshops and you can almost see the light bulb come on over somebody's mm. head, that everything just clicks for them and they and they get it. Or when they come up to us afterward and after they've been participating in the workshop, they now feel like, you know, that fiber has changed within them and they feel like now they can take the message and deliver it to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Something within them has changed. They're seeing something different because of the, the um, what they've experienced. That's an inspiration for sure. Yeah. And we've been on the receiving end of that. So, (laughs) so thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, for our listeners, you can't see it, but Paula's got a canteen in front of me, and on it she's got, this is an inclusive place, and that's mm-hmm. the slogan for the Center for Inclusive Communities. And we've been fortunate enough at Abbott to have two sessions so far this year with the Center for Inclusive Communities, the workshops as they're called, um, and they are incredible. And every organization, if you are listening to this podcast, you need to invest in yourself and invest in your team and get with VCIC and get one of these workshops or more preferably <laughs> hosted in your workplace. Um, again, we had two this year and I could see those light bulbs go off for folks. I could see people open their minds to someone else's experience. And I think for me, that's that's probably the most important piece. It's just someone opening their mind to what someone else might be experiencing because I do think that with that comes an awareness and uh, a little empathy. Um, I hope a little empathy, but we had Paula and she shared some quotes about diversity and inclusion um, and really defining them, I should say, more than quotes, but just some 
tangibles for me that I wrote down. She looked at my chicken scratch notes from our <laughs> workshops. And as I told her, and I'll tell you listeners, they're taped to the wall in my office and they're in front of me every day because I don't want to forget. I'm sure I do, but I don't want to forget that these need to be baked into every day for me. Um, so just be- bear with me, indulge me a moment while I run through these. Um, you can define diversity as counting people, and you can define inclusion as making sure that people count. I thought that one was wonderful. Diversity um, diversity is a fact, and it's so true. And it's a fact, unfortunately, that many people don't want to face, and I don't understand why, but that's their prerogative. <laughs> Inclusion is a choice, and I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, it, I know that to many of these are just so fundamental and obvious, but to me, I loved these. Um, you could say my light went off with these a little bit. Uh, another definition of diversity, showing up to the party, and inclusion is being asked to dance at the party. I and that, that relates one. to everyone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's one thing to be there. It's another thing to be active and on the dance floor. Exactly. Yeah. And then last but certainly not least, diversity is the presence of difference. And what a wonderful gift that is. And inclusion is accepting, respecting, and valuing diversity. And I know that through the work y'all do, you're opening so many people's eyes to these, and I thank you for that. Um, if you all have not checked out the Virginia Center for Inclusive Communities, again, I have to plug. You you need to. You need to incorporate them into your life professionally and personally in any way you can. Um, I'm obviously a huge advocate, but I'm going to shut up and give it over to Kara, who's going to go a little deeper diving <laughs> yeah. with, with Paula about VCIC, sharing its mission, sharing more about her important work. So, Paula, thank you for indulging me for this icebreaker session. Thanks to the listeners for letting me stand on my soapbox about what I love about diversity and inclusion. Um, and Kara, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's a great segue because we're now going to define for the listeners a little bit more of this great group that, you know, Stephen is championing. So let's start with that. Let's give a little bit of history and background and mission of who is VCIC so the listeners can know what we're talking about and why we're so excited. (laughs) VCIC was founded back in 1935. So um, the organization has been around for for a very long time. Um, They started out as the Virginia chapter for the National Conference of Christians and Jews. And when you think about um, what was going on back in 1935, um, you know, uh, there was a lot of anti-Semitism and things that were going on. Um, I don't want to give away too too much of yeah. the history. I want to leave, you know, people, you know, just want to kind of tease so yeah, that people want to... Yeah, just tease them, because um, they need to have yes, you as a, yes, a speaker, yes. and then you'll talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um, the, um, the the NCCJ, or the National Conference for Christians and Jews, um, eventually disbanded as a national organization. But the people in uh, Virginia wanted to continue to have an organization here that would continue to have the conversations that, you know, that they were having. And so um, we became uh, the Virginia Center for Inclusive Communities, or VCIC. Um, And now we work with schools, businesses, and the community to achieve success through inclusion. And what we have uh, found that, you know, whether you are in the school space or the business space or the community space, if you feel included, then you're going to be much more engaged in that space, in whatever space it is. 
Well, and that's exactly why we have to continue having these conversations. I know a lot of times we'll hear people say, well, why are we having this? Like even within the real estate you know, community, that's not real estate. That's not houses. Well, we're also in the people business and you hit it on the you know nail on the head. People want to feel included. They want to feel engaged. And that's why it's important to have that empathy, look through someone else's eyes. So thank you guys for having the platform to you know be able to do that. <laughs> much, much appreciated. Um, so talk about your service areas. You know, this is a podcast. We have listeners, you know, all over the area, even though we're focused on Hampton Roads. Um, so what are the areas that you guys service? You know, maybe elaborate a little bit of you personally, but also the organization. Yeah. So as the Hampton Roads program manager, uh, I provide services, you know, all over the the, the greater Hampton Roads area. Um, but as an organization, we provide services all over the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, because of the pandemic, we've actually been able to expand our borders a little bit, our coverage area a little bit, um, because we did our work virtually. Mm-hmm. And so we are still offering the virtual option to people um, to uh, to have our workshops. But for the most part, we are Virginia-based and Virginia-centered with the, the work that we do. So since you're virtual, I have to ask, if someone that wasn't in Virginia wanted to have a virtual session, is that an option or are you just sticking to Virginia? We pretty much stick to Virginia. Okay. Now they could they could contact us, and okay. if we have a sister organization where they are, we would connect them with a sister with organization. Awesome, love the connection piece. Yes, so still reach out. Yes, yes, <laughs> still reach out. I have a question about that. Um, what can you give an example of a sister organization? Question. Would you know? It, we have Virginia Center for Inclusive Communities. Um, would there be like a North Carolina Center right. for Inclusive? Sorry, to be just so. <laughs> Daft they, about it. I know they have different names, um, okay. but they're you know um, there's uh, a sister organization in North Carolina. They're in the Greensboro area. There's one in Omaha. There's one in Connecticut. There's one in California. So they're spread out all over the country, but they do have have different names. How about the D.C. area? No. <laughs> There's not one in the D.C. area okay. um, because oft, sometimes people will call us um, in the D.C. area. Um, I'm not sure about Maryland, though. But, gotcha. Yeah. It's nice to know there's a network out there. You yeah. Know, if, if folks mm-hmm. want to jump in and have that involvement, there's options on a national level. That's yep, good. Absolutely. And like I said, if they want to contact us, we can. In, they're, they're not in this area. Right. We, if we can do the research and find out if there's someone close to them. Well, and that he brings up a good point because I mean, I'll be honest. You know, I, I was first introduced to the organization pre-pandemic. Um, it was the like annual awards recognition mm. dinner that you guys have, mm. and I was very happy to find out that we had this hidden treasure in our local area. But you know, just didn't know. And so, like you said, there could be you know other people in other states that might you know might want to look into that. So, yeah. thank you for being a great you know great resource for yeah. that. So you got connected with us through our humanitarian awards yes. dinner. Yes. Yep. And to give context for what the dinner is, um, each year for how long now? A long time. A very long time. A very long time. The, yes. The center has honored um, humanitarians statewide. Um, there are a series of dinners that take place. And we have our own here in Hampton Roads, which is probably the best one, I'm just saying. <laughs> We're but, not um, biased at all. <laughs> It's a great moment to really shine light on our local philanthropic leaders, um, our 
local humanitarians. And there have been, when you look at in the program of the event and look at the list of past recipients of the Humanitarian of the Year Award and things like that, it's it's an impressive group. And it's nice to take a minute and recognize, number one, the work that you all do, and number two, the work that these private citizens are doing in our community in that space. So. I hope yeah. people will join the dinner. Yeah, and, and it's the, the people that receive these uh, this recognition, they are so humble. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, when they're contacted, you know, they find out that they've been nominated, you know, the first question is, well, why me? What did I do? Mm-hmm. Or what am I doing? Um, and they, yeah. they're just, they're amazing, amazing people. And as you said, Stephen, we um, have four of these uh, dinners across Virginia. We have four chapter areas. So we have a dinner in each of our chapter areas. And the four chapter areas are Richmond, Lynchburg, uh, the Peninsula, and Tidewater. So we have two in this area. Um, and and it, it, it seems not to matter what area we go in. They all have the same kind of, of humbleness around mm-hmm. them, but they're all amazing people doing amazing work um, to help their community, to help uplift people. Um, and, they, and they don't do it for the recognition. They do it because it's something that they really, really believe in. Uh, that's they've their heart. Found, that's their heart, yeah. exactly. And there's something that... Um, there's a spark with, and then they saw something maybe that was lacking, and they, you know, tried to find a way to, um, to, to, to take care of that lacking mm-hmm. that they saw. So awesome, awesome, awesome! Thank you for letting me go off on a tangent <laughs> on that one. But th- that was my first exposure to VCIC. Mm-hmm. That's this for a lot of people. That's their first exposure. Is this the humanitarian awards? And then, you know, through the dinner, because you know, of course, we have to tell people what we do and why we're coming right. together. Yeah. Um, uh, um, you know, sometimes we'll, after the, the, the dinners, we'll get a, a flurry of, of calls and inquiries about our programs and services and things like that. So Good. So they're very effective. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, yeah, put it on my radar. And I'll say we, we have our very own past recipient, right? Yeah. Miss Carolyn Abbott. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure yeah. I was able to sit beside her and, like you said, the humility. You know, it wasn't until halfway through the dinner that I found out that she was a past recipient. So. Right, because even that, you know, that we do, we honor our past um, recipients at the dinner. We always you know, try to take a, a, an alumni picture, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, there are oftentimes when you, like, just like you said, you will be sitting next to a past recipient and won't even know it yeah. because they are, it, it's not about them, you yeah. know. So. Well, you were talking about that, you know, once you have these dinners, there's a flurry of people that, you know, now it's kind of on their radar and they want to know more. So, you know, Stephen kind of already talked about a little bit earlier that we had the opportunity to have you for two sessions. We were, um, you know, kind of focused on the, the diversity and the inclusion part, but maybe you can share some of the other topics and, you know, opportunities for workshops that you guys have for when people want to reach out, you know, see how they can. Right. If I'm in. not mistaken, you had one session virtual and one session in person. Yes. Right? Yeah. So people are beginning to go back to the in-person. They want to have Mm -hmm. that in-person engagement. But whether it is in-person or it's virtual, our workshops are um, highly engaged and very interactive. Um, We found the way to use the technology to (laughs) maximum capacity so that we can maintain that that level of interaction. Um, But we do, um, we have all kinds of of topics um, we have kind of like our, our intro types of things where um, we introduce people to the cycle of prejudice and unconscious bias and microaggressions and intersectionalities. And um, 
then we can customize programs for an organization. Um, if they are having problems with communication, then we can customize a workshop for them around communication and effective and um, inclusive communication. Um, we also can do things like um, we have a workshop that we do called Beyond the Buzzwords that talks about some of the, the, the language that we use mm-hmm. and the history of where some of these words come from. Um, because, you know, if you know the history about some of them and understand how the terminology came about, then you can be better, yeah. um, more effective in the language that you use. Um, we also have a workshop on inclusive mentoring and coaching. Um, another one is sense of belonging. And, and then we also have uh, workshops that we do. Well, sense of belonging is typically done for um, our school community. Um, but it is also something can be that can be done in the in the business or community space, um, and we also have a, a lot of different workshops that we do for uh, educators. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do workshops for educators and for school age children. We are getting ready to gear up for one of our one day forums for high school mm-hmm. students called Diversity Dialogue Day, and we do uh, several of those around the state. We do, as, as I mentioned, because we have two chapter areas here, we do two Diversity Dialogue Days in the. Hampton Roads area. And um, Diversity Dialogue Day is for high school students. And it is um, open to any high school, whether it is an independent school or a public school. And they uh, self-select to come to the program. And the students that are selected are both official and unofficial leaders of their school, because okay. we also we know that there are leaders that don't have the title of president or right. you know or something like that. Um, they just have that natural ability to lead. So we want a mix of the official and unofficial um, leaders in schools to come to this this program. And so we have um, an open plenary, and we talk about a specific topic, and that's the theme for the day. And then they go into breakout groups, and they're mixed in with students from different schools. And then at the end of the day, they go back to their school groups, and they develop an action plan that they will implement at some point before the end of the school year. Love it. I love it. So it's not just that day and what they learn, but let's go back, let's put it into action. Exactly. And I love the fact that you're starting with the young people, right? Because that's what we were talking even before is like, you know, as adults, you have to unlearn certain things. Starting when they're young and they start out so much further ahead (laughs) than we are. And you hear so much about, you know, so much negativity about young people these days. Mm -hmm. And it's not what you think for you know you you can't fall into or or buy into the stereotype that you hear about young people because we have some yeah. amazing young people that come to these uh, these workshops and the facilitators that we use for these workshops are volunteers and so when we do the debrief after it's over they all comment about how much they've learned from mm-hmm. the young people. It's, so it's it's kind of a, a reciprocal. You know, the, the, the volunteer facilitators are giving information, but they're getting, the volunteers are actually getting back as well. I think that's also a common theme of something we've heard recently with one of our other podcast guests. So we're seeing that connection piece with the youth and all the all the ways that they're getting connected and mm-hmm. what they're learning and how they're teaching us as adults as well. Yeah, they approach it differently than we do, which is Mm -hmm. a good thing. Um, And, you know, there's always that little generational prejudice that, you know, (laughs) oh, the the next generation, they have it so much easier or they're so entitled or whatever it is. And it's like you look back and actually every single generation that preceded has said that. 
Um, so, you know, there's, there's a prejudice in action. So I'm glad you guys are more open than that. So let me ask you this. What do you find most gratifying about your work with VCIC? I think I kind of mentioned it already about, you know, mm-hmm. seeing people having those those light bulb moments. I think when, you know, when we're able to connect with people and they get it and you can tell that they're ready to go and, and do the work. Um, or if you have someone who's somewhat resistant at the beginning of the workshop, and by the end of the workshop, you can tell that their opinion has been changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, there are times when I can, you know, a, a school will call me and say, you know, we, we're going to implement our action plan and we're having an assembly or we're having uh, some kind of program or something like that. And when I can see what they've done in the school or when, um, when the, an educator gets back in touch with me and says, oh, this is what happened and this is the result of the action plan or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so to see and hear the impact, um, especially in the schools, I mean, we have um, statistical data that shows that the schools that we work with on a regular basis, they have higher attendance rates and lower disciplinary rates because we work with them to help change the climate within their school. And I mean, who doesn't want to go to school? I mean, school is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And since the pandemic, school has really changed. We're, yeah. we're hearing a lot of different things from educators about um, how the, you know, the, the students are different. Um, the pandemic affected them in so many different ways. I mean, who doesn't want to go to school and feel comfortable in the school space and not right. fear bullying and not fear, you know, getting caught up in a fight or something like that. Any kind of violence. Right, Mm. right. So if we can change the climate where those kinds of things, um, the frequency of those things diminish or can be eliminated, then school turns into a refreshing place. It's a place where you want to be. It turns into that place where people thrive and learn um, and they want to go. Yeah, you're changing the culture. Exactly. Yeah, the whole culture. Well, and it starts with the mindset. I love that. So, so you you have the opportunity to witness that every single day and be immersed in that and a part of that. <laughs> I do, I do, and it, it's not something that everybody can say that they can actually see the effects of the work that they do, but we yeah. can. Well, I'm sure our listeners are falling in love with VCIC just as much as we are. So, maybe tell our listeners how can we support the initiatives that VCIC, you know, have. One part of this podcast is we want to get people connected, know not only that these opportunities are available, but maybe how they can support and help. Yeah. So as I mentioned, when we do our diversity dialogue days um, and some of the other programs that we do as well, um, we do a community program called Table Talk 757. Um, We use volunteer facilitators to help out with that. So that's one thing. Um, You could become a volunteer with VCIC. Um, But the main thing, as as Stephen has has, mentioned, Oh, I hope I didn't steal your thunder. No, no, no. <laughs> I, no, I, I was going to say, as, as Stephen has um, encouraged people to do, um, <laughs> is uh, to um, engage us for a workshop or a workshop series. Um, series works best, um, but we will take, you know, but um, individual workshops, you know, are, are a way to open the door. But but uh, doing a workshop series, of course, deepens the um, the learning um, that you that you have. Um, but that that's, you know, that's the best way to get involved with us is to um, engage us in a, a workshop for your organization. What now you said Hampton Roads Table Talks, is that what you said? It's or seven ta- five seven? Table Talk Seven Five Seven. Table Talk Seven so Five Seven. We, what is that? Table Talk Seven Five Seven is um, a community um, 
engagement event. Um, we have people. So we've had to do these um, virtually because we have a, a, a partner that we do this with um, People to People, which is a, a local organization in Newport News. And um, the concept of table talk is, you know, everybody has had their day and then they come home around the table. So it's a conversation that you would have with the family around the dinner table. And so we usually have a specific topic and we will have, um, you know, either a keynote speaker or a panelist talk about that, that topic and give information about the topic. And then we break into dinner tables, if you will, and have conversation around the dinner table um, about that particular topic. And then we come back together and, you know, kind of like summarize mm -hmm. what people talked about um, at their individual tables. They also do it in the Richmond area. They have table talks in the Richmond area as well. Learning so much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about that. And the goal there is highlighting. Well, last year we did um, a series um, and we talked about things like um, food insecurity. Okay. And we talked about um, health care and uh, transportation issues. Um, we've talked, um, we've also talked about housing and, you know, things like redlining and um, all Lock kinds of things around. Steering, yeah, all, all, all of steering, all, all of that awful, kind of stuff. Awful, awful yes. practices that are All of those kinds of things. Sunsetting. Right. Mm -hmm. So we usually try to come up with a topic that really affects a lot of underrepresented populations in our community. And who is coming to the table talks? Is it just an open forum? Yes, or? it's open Yes, anybody, anybody can come. So we will probably start up Table Talk 757 again in February. Okay. Um, but the Table Talk in the Richmond area is going on now. So if okay. you go to our website, inclusiveva.org, mm -hmm. you can find out information about um, not just the Table Talk, but about all of the programs and services that we offer. So that's a great opportunity for somebody to sit at a table and I would imagine, as you do with the um, project you're working on right now with the schools, you try to um, split tables up well and create diverse. diversity <laughs> at the table. And there's so much exposure. I, you know, everybody's going to experience and think about all of those topics differently. Mm -hmm. So you're creating a, a space for them to be, have that exposure and to do it in a safe space. Yes. I love that. I can't <laughs> wait for We have to go in February. Right. <laughs> so February's going to be busy. Yeah. yeah. February will be busy. There's a lot yeah. of VCIC stuff. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good thing, though. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. Well, so you gave the website, because um, like you said, you know, we've highlighted the workshops. We've talked about the humanitarian award dinner. We now know about, you know, the Table Talk 757. It sounds like you guys have a comprehensive amount of resources available um, in all of your each old each local areas, um, but also some some virtual aspects as well. So it's it's a lot on there. So hopefully everyone will check out. I'm going to ask you just again to repeat the website for the um, listeners and also any other ways we connect, social media, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, again, the website is inclusiveva.org and we are on um, social media. So go check us out different ways. I think, you know, we haven't Dipped into to TikTok. But. <laughs> Steer clear. I said that's okay. <laughs> um, but we get more and more people say, "Are you on TikTok?" No, we're not on TikTok. Gosh. But you have the website. You're on other Sorry. social media all the other uh, channels. Yeah, so it's all yep, good. Yep, yep. Yeah. So I, I would love to be able to connect with um, with you know Hampton Roads people as as I am the Hampton Roads program manager. Right. Um, but uh, again, 
um, we can provide programs and services to you um, anywhere in Virginia. Thank you. You guys are truly a gift in this area. We really appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, it's such important work. And Paula, thank you. Um, Number one, thank you for all you've done leading up to VCIC in our community. Um, Thank you for sharing a little bit earlier about your family's history in this space. And I can tell you that there's, there was just an amazing impact even from the first session with you this year. And so many lights went off for so many people. And I'm just grateful to you for that. And thank you for indulging us on this podcast. We have fun with it. It's serious and fun at the same time. Um, but you've been wonderful and you always are. And you're an amazing person doing amazing work. So thank you. Well, we thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's been fun and uh, I've enjoyed being able to share the information. Absolutely. Great. Hey, thanks for listening and getting connected. This podcast is provided by Abbott Realty, serving Hampton Roads in real estate since 1946. Please stay connected with us on social at Abbott Realty. See you next time.